The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our gospel reading for today, and especially these words of Jesus, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of snakes? Are you afraid of people asking, what are you afraid of? Okay, let me be a little more specific today. What are you afraid of when it comes to speaking about topics related to your Christian faith? What are you afraid of when it comes to sharing your faith in order to witness to others? What are you afraid of when it comes to discussing things with others where your views are largely going to be informed by your faith? Are you afraid of anything when it comes to doing that? Well, I know several weeks or months ago we talked about reaching out to people intentionally with our faith. And one of the things that kept coming up there was the word fear. We worried about what others might think and what they might say if we did that task that God had called us to. So what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the radical Islamic terrorists or members of other religions or cultures or political ideologies that might seek to silence Christian belief? regardless of the means? Do you think that if they heard you confess what you believe, if they heard you speak plainly about your faith, and therefore your rejection of their beliefs, that they might come and try to hurt you? Well, it might seem unlikely here in Finlayson, but there are certainly people living in places, even in our own state, where that fear could be very real. Now, we rightly debate exactly how many of people that claim the Muslim faith are truly out to seek Christians' harm. But the news makes it quite clear that there is at least a decent number that are willing to do anything they can to hurt those who belong to Christ. So are you afraid of them? Perhaps you should be. It might be your own very physical well-being that is at stake. Or are you afraid of the government? I mean, if you listen closely to what's going on in the world of technology, there is no doubt the government has all sorts of things at its fingertips that it can use to know what you are saying and perhaps even what you are thinking. And again, we may have differences of opinion about how many of those things our government is actually using But it is certainly true that the government that chooses to use them could use all of those new modern means, not to mention all the good old-fashioned ones, to hear what we are confessing even in our homes. They could then seek to punish us for our beliefs in one way or another. It's certainly been done in other countries and in other times. Just in the last couple weeks, the government in the province of Ontario, Canada, gave the go-ahead for children to be removed out of their parents' homes. If those children wished to pursue transgender therapies, then their parents would not allow it. 
The government can come and take your children. So are you afraid of them? Perhaps you should be. It could mean being absent from your family or your family being absent from you for a time. Or are you afraid of the powers that be in the workplace? Could you end up in trouble at work for speaking plainly about what you believe? Could you be fired for refusing to promote something as good that you believe is not good? Could you be denied a promotion at work because you're considered too old-fashioned to be the face of the company going forward? Again, I would say this doesn't happen in a large number of cases in our country yet, but it certainly does occur and can occur. I know that if you're self-employed, the risk is not gone either. Could one of your consumers sue you out of business for your beliefs? As we've seen, all of this can happen. So are you afraid of it? Perhaps you should be. After all, it can mean that you're not able to provide for your family as you have always been able to do in the past. Or are you afraid of your family and your friends? Do you worry that your relationship with them might become strained or destroyed if you speak plainly about what the scriptures teach? Do you worry that if you sought to gently restore one of the members of your family from something they are doing that is clearly not in line with the Christian faith, that they might never talk to you again? Such estrangement does happen. Most of us have experienced it or know someone who has. And it seems to happen more and more in America than it ever happened before. Why? Well, we're taught that authority figures aren't really to be listened to anyways, and that the family union is meant to be easily dissolvable. And so one word, and a family can be split quite easily. So you afraid of that? Perhaps you should be. After all, it might mean that you do not have the relationship with some of the people you love most that you once had before. So are you afraid? Are you afraid of Islamic terrorists, of an overbearing government, of those who have authority over you in the workplace, or the reaction of your family and friends? I'm here to tell you today you should not be. For what can they do? What can they do to you? Oh, they could cause harm to you in your body or in your emotions. They could cause those you love physical or emotional pain. They could take your life. Of course, now it seems as if I'm treating things that are quite weighty as nothing. As if I'm treating things that could be life-altering and very disturbing as things that we shouldn't even think about. I certainly know that losing your job or your freedom or even your life would be a huge deal. And I know that rifts in family are often significant events that linger for years and years. But Jesus' point in our text is that they are not worth fearing because they are not by far the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And therefore, they should not be your fear. Listen closely to Jesus' words, for they are hard words indeed. He says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. 
Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Who is it that we are to fear? Well, it sounds like it is someone who is very powerful. And if we're to fear them, it must be someone sort of scary. So perhaps we're being told to fear the devil. But if you read this in context, that is not who we are told to fear. No, we are being told to fear God himself. But what does that mean? What does it mean to fear God? Well, it means that first and foremost we should understand that we should be more worried about the approval of God for our deeds and our words than we are about the approval of anyone else. For you see, if we change what we believe, or if we are silent about our God, we might well be able to save us some, or some temporary pain on this earth. But the scriptures tell us that if we change what we believe, we ourselves will spare ourselves that earthly pain, only to reap eternal pain instead. Now I know that sounds extreme, but look at the text. It's exactly what Jesus says to us today. He says that if we decide that we will keep our jobs and our relationships and our lives at the expense of our faith, well then we will lose our salvation. And so we should not worry first and foremost about what the government or Islamic terrorists or even our family members think about what we will say. We should instead fear God first and foremost and think about what he will think of what we are doing. For our text reminds us that if we endure until the end, we will be saved. Jesus is very clear at the beginning of our text that there's always going to be division in the world between God's people and those who are not God's people. There's going to be division between government and citizens. There's going to be division between one religion and another. There is going to be division between those who have the power to provide a way of life and those who are working. And yes, he is clear that there is going to be division in families between those who cling to Christ and those who leave him behind to chase after their own desires. So what do you want to keep? Do you want to keep your job, your relationships, even your life here on earth? Or do you want to keep your salvation? If you wish to keep your salvation, fear God. Fear God first and foremost. Have no other gods before him. Place your fear and your love and your trust in him above all things. Yes, these words before us today are hard words. They cut us right down to the level of our heart. But they are absolutely true. We must fear the one who can cast us both body and soul into hell. And how do we do that? We repent before God. We drop on our knees before him. We admit to him that all too often we cling so tightly to the things of this world that we put aside the eternal things that we are to have our minds be on and our lives be about. As today we fear God by pleading with him for his mercy because we know our level of sin. And it might seem like coming before one whom you are to fear would be a risky endeavor. 
It might seem that admitting before him that you have sinned greatly would be something you would not want to do. The scriptures say it's exactly the opposite. When we are at the feet of God, we are at the most secure place we can ever be. The safest place, the best place we can ever be. For God has promised to deliver his good gifts to those to look, who look to him in repentant faith. It's at his feet, there's no reason to be afraid. For he loves you greatly. And he doesn't for a second want to cast you, body and soul, into hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from the Father's knowledge. But even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of much more value to God than the sparrows. In fact, you are of such great value to God that he has sent his son Jesus to wash away your every sin. He has given his son to die for you in order that all of your misplaced priorities might be forgotten forever. He has given you his son to rise in order that you might no longer be bound to sin but be free to place your fear, love, and trust in God. Don't fear any of those other things in this world. Fear God. Place your fear, love, and trust in him above all things. Do it because he is God. Do it because he loves you. Do it because he has promised to give you every good thing. God does not wish to cast you body and soul into hell. But instead, he wishes to deliver you body and soul into a new heaven and a new earth, which he will create on that last day a place where he himself will dwell with man again as it once was in Eden. Praise be to God for his great love of us. Amen.